0: Welcome, everyone. How are we doing? Thank you for tuning in to the Max Schmarzo podcast. I appreciate you all, as always, tuning in. Um, thank you. As always, we have some fun, exciting content today, but I want to start off with my cheap sales pitch. Always an athlete team. Feel free to join it. Seven day free trial. Train six days a week. Upper body, lower body. Lower body, explosive, strong, plyometric sprints, jumps, all the fun stuff. Upper body. All the fun stuff, too. Lots of hypertrophy work, lots of strength work, getting kind of jacked, be explosive in the lower body and just stacked and jacked in the upper body. So if you like that, that's your cup of tea. You want to try it out. Come join the always an athlete team and you are more than welcome to stick around if you guys like the seven day free trial. So. Let's hop right in today. Today, we have a couple of topics here. Um, There's actually four topics I've listed out. We'll see how many we get to. I want to talk about, first and foremost, different diets I have tried, my experience with them, my take on them, and just my unscientific opinion on them. And then I want to talk a little bit about social media because I know some people do tune in to listen to uh, social media updates. And I think it's interesting because at the end of the day, we're all on social media to an extent. If you're listening to this, I guess this is kind of a form of social media. So I want to talk a little bit about um, building your brand and kind of learning from others. So not just like, you know, going on there and just consuming stuff. But if you want to build your brand, what you can do and what's helped me, because I've kind of struggled on certain different platforms, like a TikTok platform, I'm not very good at Instagram algorithm appears to always be changing. And so Sometimes it's hit or miss. I just want to share what I've learned from that. But first and foremost, let's talk about diets. So a little history, life history with Max. Max, I'm not going to talk about this in third person. I used to be overweight um, by quite a bit. Oh, it was eighth grade and um, quite a bit overweight to the point where the doctors ended up using my weight change as a means of like, hey, they said, hey, can we use your chart? and your BMI stuff, whatever, blah, 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 to show kids that they too can still do it. So you can give that a reference as to where I was physically. Um, I lost a lot, bunch of weight, but in doing that, you kind of expose yourself indirectly to dieting. And that was kind of my first bit of experience with that. I guess that'd be my first diet. It was not a good one. And this is one of my biggest regrets in my physical development. I just didn't know. It was eighth grade. Um, I knew I was overweight. I knew you had to eat less. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't do any research on it. And basically all I would eat was like one of those like cans of tuna fish. Remember those cans? You had like a can, you'd pop it open and you put like that relish stuff in there. You'd mix it up with a spoon. It's like the star and you had the crackers. Actually, honestly, they kind of sound disgusting, but they're, I could go for one right now. Yeah. It's, 9 58 AM that's disgusting max and you should not eat tuna fish at 9:58 AM point is kind of sneaky good but other aspect of it was I started to run more so I started to eat less I started to run more why because what else would health and fitness magazines tell me to do I don't know so I lost weight congratulations but the issue with losing the weight was I lost so much muscle mass I felt like I became very weak um showed up quite a bit in baseball actually I lost a lot of pitching velocity I lost a lot of ability to hit the ball with any distance. Um looking back on it, it's probably because I just ran a whole bunch, miles and miles and miles and I would not eat a lot and I probably lost a lot of muscle mass and I did not lift weights. So unfortunate situation. So the reason why I bring that up is because your diet if you are dieting or the dieting experience is highly contingent upon what you do physically. Excuse me. With that diet, and so, like, if I am in that same situation, I'm lifting weights, and I'm eating a little bit more than what I was currently because I really didn't eat much food at all. I I bet you, I I bet you this would have gone a little bit better. I bet you I wouldn't have lost as much muscle mass. I bet you that I had been resistance training during that time of what I would call a fairly extreme caloric deficit. I wouldn't have as lost as much muscle mass. I lost a lot of strength, speed, and power. And it really set me back. Unfortunate. I can't control it now, but that was my first dieting experience. So now let's go ahead. I live life. I go on to college. And then I go into my first quote-unquote bulk. This is a hilarious story. So when I was in college, we, (laughs) we, uh, I was a JV basketball player. So division three basketball, we have JV because you don't have red shirts. And JV basketball is kind of like this. I don't even know. It's hard to describe. We are, uh, there's not many rules to it, I should say, in regards to like, um, there's not much coaching in the sense that we have someone directly saying, hey, this is what we need to do. And it's a different topic for another time, but just give you an idea of where our mindset was as players, uh, we had kind of pra- we practice with the team, but obviously you might be like third team offense or whatever. So you don't do as much as you typically would. And so we had lots of energy and lost lots of time. Well, not lots of time, but lots of energy because we would practice, but maybe not as hard. We would play games, um, but we wouldn't play the main games. And so me and a bunch of guys got together and we're going to try and get jacked. This is like during the season too. And so we go to like an optimum nutrition or they're called complete nutrition. Um, And we go there and we end up getting this protein powder and the guy sells us on carbs, just like a bucket of carbs. I'm not even sure what kind of carb it was. It was just carbs. I remember it made that protein shake taste so good. And he was adamant, like, look, you eat these carbs, you're going to get bigger. And so we were like, screw it. We're going to lift all the time. We're going to eat a bunch of cheeseburgers and we're going to um, carb up. And so I ended up getting kind of fat. Uh, I put on quite a bit of body fat during that phase. I got to like 210, which is what I am now. And I was not nearly, not nearly as strong, not even close to being as strong as I am now. So I got pretty much a little bit overweight. And then so going into my sophomore year, I was carrying that weight in the summer. And that's when I experienced one of my first diets. And this is like a first like conventional diet. This was a low, low, low carb diet. I think it was based on carb backloading or carb cycling. It was the idea that I basically eat extremely low carbs during the week. And every Sunday was a cheat day, but only for one meal. And so I ended up eating this huge pie and ice cream every Sunday. Now, during this time, I would cut out lots of carbs during the training, not the training days, but I guess the, the weekdays. And looking back on it, again, a disaster of a move. Uh, I, was, I actually was okay energy wise, like Monday, Tuesday, half of Wednesday, because I had this massive cheat meal on Sunday nights. It was great. I loved it. I ate a bunch of pie, ice cream. I lost a lot of weight. I got kind of shredded, actually. But again, I did not build much muscle mass. A lot of it had to do with I was just losing lots of weight. I was probably in a caloric deficit six days out of the week. I cannot imagine that Sunday being a caloric deficit. Um, I still trained. I lifted. I ran. So I did retain and build some strength. But it was a low, low, low-carb diet. And a low, low, low-carb diet, all you think about is food. You're hungry all the time. There's, uh, you just, It's a disaster. It's one of the worst diets I've done for my own performance I've done it a couple times for different reasons and a couple of times was just post career to experiment with it um, and other times it was an attempt to lose weight maybe for a short period of time but this one was like a whole summer worth and it, I got shredded I lost a lot of body fat I lost a lot of muscle again not very explosive powerful or strong it seems to be it seems to be a theme with a lot of my uh, end results with these kind of dieting aspects and then, um, so years go by, and I ended up uh, ending my basketball career. And so, after, when that was over, I was like, "Look, I'm gonna actually try and get big again. I'm gonna do it a little smarter." At this time, I'm probably 22, and I have some understanding of at least nutrition to an extent, and at least macros and whatever. And so, I go on a much larger bulk. I get up to like 235, 240. Mind you, I started this about 210, 205. So I was bigger from a baseline standpoint. Um, and I got a lot stronger. I got a lot more powerful. I trained heavy. I did kind of a west side barbell hybrid situation. I ended up deadlifting 600 pounds during this time. Um, I squatted a decent amount of weight. I don't remember my best PR, but I think I uh, box squatted a good chunk of weight for myself. I think it was 450 plus, maybe five, 450 something around that ballpark had chains on it, whatever. It was a good lift. Um, that was really cool. So I got stronger, I got more powerful, I started to actually jump higher at a heavier weight, believe it or not. Um, when I got to the 235s, 240s, I guess got too heavy, um, started to hurt to play basketball that way. So I ended up losing some weight after that when I started playing again. But that was probably the first kind of successful process of incorporating a diet with a, um, a lifting regime. And so that bulking process, while it was useful, I probably overdid it. You did not need to add 30 pounds. You know, I could have gotten away with 15 or 10 pounds, to be honest with you. I think I got carried away and eating lots of food. And I like the idea of a scale or a number getting bigger because I was just somehow dead set on just getting larger. I don't know why I was bored. I left basketball. I needed something else to do. So I pretended to be a power lifter for about a year and a half. I don't know. I did get stronger during that time and I did increase my performance quite a bit. But again, like it's the bulk was a little excessive, but it, I felt great energy wise. I was eating lots of carbs. I could train a lot. And that's one thing I really noticed was like, I might have looked better and looked like I would have performed better at a lighter weight when I was doing that cut, like my sophomore year in college, but I felt physically like I had more energy. I felt stronger I did not feel physically like I had more energy when I got to that 240 range but that 225 to 215 range. I felt really good. I was eating well, lots of energy. And so um, that was another experience. Again, it wasn't like a strict diet per se. It's not like it was uh, strictly like carnivore or keto. And then, and later on again, now I'm older, 25, I ended up going on a high fat diet. This was a big time where people talk about fats for your brain. And I was like, I'm going to get super smart and eat a bunch of fat, MCT oils, all those things. And I ended up actually gaining a lot of weight during that. I remember one time I ended up gaining like five pounds in like two and a half weeks. And I couldn't figure out why. It's because I was eating so many damn almonds, not almonds, walnuts. I ended up buying walnuts from Costco, like this huge mega bag. And I would just eat them all the time. They'd just be out in my living room. I'd snack on them. I never realized how many calories there were. But when I was on a high fat diet, it was so easy to exceed my calorie count. I couldn't get over it. Like I would have a couple of cups of, a uh, couple of cups. Yes. Yeah, I said it out loud. A couple of cups of walnuts. And I'd be like in a massive c- calorie surplus already. So in a high fat diet, being really aware of your macros and your total calorie intake was huge for me. I didn't understand it very well. Um, But I added some weight. And then after that, I went on to a strict intermittent fasting diet. Now, this was actually kind of an interesting one. I did it. I I tracked my time of eating. I journaled it all. I took notes on it. And it was interesting because you felt you kind of convinced yourself it was a good idea. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. Everyone loves this kind of stuff. I'm not going to eat in the morning. And not eating in the morning did have some benefits because I'd wake up and I'd go to work right away. And Not having something in my stomach while it didn't fuel me, it didn't like, um, you know, I didn't have to digest it. I could just wake up and go to work. It's pretty easy. It made my mornings quicker. Uh, I wasn't having to, you know, whatever, deal with the things of eating food at between one o'clock or at least until one o'clock. So I could just, uh, do non-food related things. I could just work and I'm on my feet all the time. If you eat a lot of food, and you're on your feet all the time and you're working with clients in and now it's not the most comfortable feeling in the world. So it, it's easy to just not eat food and work with clients. So that was actually kind of nice, but I noticed around... I waited and intermittently fasted around 12 o'clock, I'd get really hungry, almost lightheaded. Um, I'd start to lose energy rapidly. And so while it was kind of cool in concept, you felt really energized after you ate that meal. A lot of it probably is because you felt so crappy before that meal that when you ate the meal, you then felt energized. It wasn't like the intermittent fasting was anything magical. Um, I did notice some gastrointestinal stuff that was helpful from that standpoint. Now, I know there is some debate in the literature around that whether or not intermittent fasting does help you with it. I don't know. Um, but for myself personally, it seemed to help. Now, maybe it's because I didn't eat and go on my feet. It had to train everybody for, you know, X number of hours right after. So I, you know, it's give or take on that, but it seemed to help from that standpoint. Uh, maybe I'm just eating less food too. And that could also help. And at the end of the day, it was cool. I didn't find it. To be magical, I actually kind of found myself to be tired at times. And I'd get like the, the shakes almost, not the shakes, like I'm shaking. But it was like, man, I'm really hungry and I'd feel really low on energy. And then my most recent diet I've been on is a high-carb diet. Yes, you heard that, right? A high-carb diet. I've never really done this before. And I was like, well, I want to explore this. So I've been doing it for about two months now and I really enjoy it. I started doing it because I accidentally stopped eating a lot of food when I was training some of my athletes last year and I got, I lost a lot of weight, I lost a lot of energy. Um, I didn't really mean to do it that way. It just happened to be that way because I was training people and I didn't really think much about my meals. And so I ended up missing a lot of carbs because for some reason, my dinners, I don't eat a lot of carbs. I would just eat like a steak. And so my carb count would be very low. And of course, when you have a low carb count, you can see all your abs because you don't have any water weight and it looks cool and it feels cool, but you don't perform very well. Now that I'm on a carber, carber diet, I like a, a carb heavy diet. I've noticed a couple of things. One, there was an immediate increase in weight, about six to seven pounds right off the bat in the first week. I was about 205 when I started, and now I'm about 212 ish. Um, but that weight comes right off. I went to Vegas and didn't eat many carbs because I was in Vegas. Whatever. I don't know why being in Vegas means you're not gonna eat carbs. I didn't want to buy any food. I was traveling save my money. I guess I didn't really eat much at all. And I lost like seven pounds right back. And so maybe it's a lot of water weight that you have hanging on with the carbs, but my energy level is so much higher. I can train way more throughout the day. It feels like I have a lot more energy to train. I have a lot more alertness. It's amazing when I'm eating more carbs, how much harder it actually is to, um, overeat relative. And again, I'm not eating like candy. I'm eating rice, Jasmine rice, absolutely phenomenal. But I found like a cup of rice really doesn't have as many calories as you'd expect. A cup of rice is pretty big. Um, sometimes I struggle to get the number of carbs in. I was reading a paper, and that's where it started from. It said basically anywhere between like four to 10 grams per kilogram body weight. If I'm just 100 kilograms for easy math, it shook out to be like 400. I'm going to do the four to six range to 600 grams of carbs per body weight. And with that in mind, I have to cut back in other areas. So I wasn't eating as much fats i don't really eat tons of fats in my diet anyway just being a little more cognizant of it um and then also i don't need to eat huge pounds of steak anymore it's not necessary i I just have some you know protein enough protein but you don't need to be extreme amounts of protein because in theory if you have enough carbs that carbs is energy uh saving and i'm having enough carbs in my diet i'm not having to use protein or my own proteins as a means of fuel so I'm saving and scaving off some of those resources for the proteins to be used for structural repair. All in all, I've actually really enjoyed the carb diet the most. Yeah, yes. Carb King Max. Um, I've been doing it for consistently now for about two months, maybe two and a half. My weight went up immediately and then it hasn't gone up any further, which I was like, okay, if I just start to go out of control and gain tons of weight because I can't control my carb eating, maybe we can reevaluate it. But I've noticed physically I felt really good. I'm able to train heavier. I'm able to lift uh, more intensity more often. And it's really nice because when I'm training my athletes, I like to hop into sessions and train. So I'm really susceptible to being overtrained. I have not felt overtrained one time since I've been on the carb diet. And there would be times when in the past, be every couple of weeks, i would be like, yo, I need to take this day off because I'm working with the athletes. I'd hop in a couple of sets. By the end of the day, I've done way too many workouts, but it's fun because I'm with them. I don't have that feeling now. Why? probably because of the carbs able to be fueled up. Um, I noticed my sleep has gotten pretty good because of it. When I first got on a carb diet, I noticed my sleep was like awesome. Like really, I was like really sleeping. And prior to going on the carb diet, I wasn't sleeping very well. I couldn't stay awake. Um, and since eating a lot more carbs, I felt awesome. And what I eat like potatoes, Jasmine rice fruits. I do have an orange juice in the morning. I'm not eating candy bars and I'm not eating Sour Patch Kids. I'm not just sitting around eating junk food. Just very simple whole foods as carbs. Mainly jasmine rice. It's kind of like my main go-to, but also potatoes as well. Um, and again, a banana or two. Maybe some oatmeal, rarely. Um, some honey. I do eat honey uh, before a workout. And then, uh, you know, mangoes and mixed fruit and things like that as well. So those are kind of my main experiences with the dieting and Honestly, during this current carb affair, um, I've been doing the most anaerobic work I've ever done during this time. And I have felt the most energy during it as well, which is an interesting takeaway. Yeah, I still get some fatigue. I still get some soreness. But day in and day out, I feel my most ready when I'm on this carb diet. So take it as you must. I was probably under eating carbs. I've noticed a lot of athletes have benefited from getting enough carbs in their diet because it's very easy to not eat enough. If we go back to the history of this whole talk, Right, I, uh, I started off by having a low-carb diet, almost a no-carb diet, because that's what I thought I should do. And I ran a lot. and lost a lot of weight, but I lost a lot of strength and power. But eating a lot of carbs has helped me a ton lately, and I'd be willing to bet it's helped my athletes quite a bit as well. And again, I try and get them with a uh, dietitian. I go with elite nutrition. Uh, Angie's awesome. She's great. And so whenever I have an athlete, I always recommend them seeing her to go you know, check out what she does and see if she can help because at at the end of the day, I can have some recommendations. I'd rather have them work with a professional. And so that's kind of my short take on my dieting experience. And I want to transition into the realm of social media. So I want to give this my guy a shout out here, Adam Bradley. Uh, I was actually at Iowa State with him. And I have been uh, following his TikTok as of late. And I really enjoy what he's been doing. I don't do very well on TikTok. I don't understand TikTok. Am I supposed to dance? Am I not supposed to dance? Am I supposed to make funny content? Am I supposed to be myself? Am I supposed to... I don't even know. Am I supposed to put the right labels on? As I look at his page, I don't probably have the right labeling on some of my stuff. But you can learn. And learning is a good thing. It's important to learn from someone that you would be willing to replicate. right? Or at least do something like. You don't want to copy someone that you have no interest in that area of... Work and it's not copying, obviously. Well, it's imitating. Sure, they're successful. I want to be successful too. I'm going to go down a similar path, but do it my way. Here's an example I could go on many different pages on social media and say, wow, this person makes these posts. They're really successful, but I don't really see myself making those kind of posts. I don't want to make those. So I don't think going down that path makes a lot of sense. Well, I see someone else on TikTok and they danced a bunch of songs, and I don't like to dance the songs. So I don't see that as a sustainable route. And then I come across a couple of people and I say, oh, I really like their videos. I could see myself making similar videos. And then I'll watch and look and say, oh, look, they're successful. They have lots of views. They have lots of engagement. How are they doing that? And then I'll go through their page and look at how they're doing it. And then I myself will actually try and do um, a similar framework because I can see myself doing it. And I want to see first and foremost, could I actually do it? Is that my cup of tea? What's my personal spin and take going to be on it? And then from that, I might observe another account that's similar to the one i like but they do things slightly different but this other account does something similar and slightly different but you're learning from it and so i really like adam bradley's check him out it's at bradley barbell does a great job of breaking down the science he does a great job of speaking um the way he communicates his message is very clear to the point direct the way he labels all of his stuff and engages with his followers is awesome i'm a huge fan of it well done bradley it's, uh, it's very good. And so you can learn from people and it's not copying. It's not mimicking. Of course, you're going to take away from people and imitate those who are successful. That's, that's a great thing to do. Um, so I just wanted to share that little bit with you. Before on social media, don't just get caught up in who's successful. And what are they doing? I'm going go through many different accounts and find iterations of success and versions of success that you could see yourself doing as well. Does it stay in line with your character, how you like to present yourself on social media? And if so, then that might be a route you want to try. For myself, I think what Adam's doing is awesome. It's uh, let's call him Bradley a second ago, Adam Bradley. Um, so I think what he's doing is awesome. It's uh, it's well done. It's, it's something that I look at as I kind of take a side, like I should have done that or something like that earlier. But I'm happy I found it now. It's not too late to get started. I can look at his followers. He's got 48,000 on TikTok. Hopefully you guys go follow it and add some to it um, and take you know away what he does. Maybe you can apply it to your world, but you want to find people who are successful. and It's not too late. Even though you might be just starting social media and you compare yourself to someone else, I'm never going to get to that many followers. That's fine. Don't get worried about their follower count. Get worried about what you're trying to do and your message you're trying to get across. Everything will take care of itself in time. So I appreciate you all listening. Take care. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you and peace out.